Good evening. Today is May 14th. 14th. Excellent. Um, we're studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter and step is step 12, working with others. Uh, and our speaker tonight is Nancy P. Thank you, Nancy P. And take it away. Thanks, Ian. Um, and um, thank you for inviting me to speak tonight. I forgot the woman who did, but um, I'm glad. This is my tonight. It's my favorite step. Um, it's pretty much my favorite step all the time because it's so transformational to me, uh, transformative, I guess. Um, anyways, um, very briefly, my name is Nancy P. I'm recovered. I would live in West Newton, Massachusetts, and I've been an Overeaters Anonymous for a long time, 52 years this past January. And But I've only been recovered for the past five and a half years, not quite two weeks short of five and a half years. And um, I don't know what I was doing before, but I wasn't recovered. I mean, I was jerking around, you know, being judgmental and angry and resentful. That's pretty much what I was doing. And, you know, I was, I had a pretty deep bench of um, support in my life, but it wasn't helping me. And, you know, I saw people that I might like to get to know, but they were all happy, you know, and they didn't want to sit around and bitch and moan about everybody, you know, around us, you know. And so sometimes I would, lose weight and sometimes and then I would pick up because that's just white knuckling and I that never is never going to work and when I when I finally you know when I graduated from college and I had to get serious about getting a job I still lived at home my mother was in a way so she made my breakfast every day she packed my lunch and she put my dinner down in front of me and all I did was look for a job while I had these three awful jobs like three waiting for a job a real job jobs you know awful and um and I, all I did was go to meetings and eat food that somebody else weighed and measured for me. And so that, um, and I didn't, I never, I never, that I can recall, I never cheated. Um, and I don't use the word, I mean, I don't know, sometimes my mother would say, there's two green beans left, you want to kill them? And I'd be like, yeah, today, if I have two green beans left, I throw them away. You know, I don't ever. And when I'm at home, I weigh and measure my food if we don't have company. That's the only place in time that I weigh and measure my food. If we have company, I don't weigh and measure. When I go out, I don't weigh and measure. When I go to other places, I don't do anything that makes me look different from other people. And that's really important to me. And that's what works for me. Um, you know, I don't report my food to a sponsor and I don't take, my, take food from my sponsees. I'm not interested in food and I'm not interested in abstinence. It's a given. And I believe that it's a result of... Um, it's the exhaust that comes out of the car that you use the steps for fuel. The, you burn the steps for fuel and abstinence comes out the other end. And um, so I don't even like the word as most of you or many of you must know that about me. Um, so my relationship with food is healthy today. I don't, um, I never cheat, hide, steal, or lie around food ever, 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 ever. And I don't, I mean, I think about it, you know, do I have enough salad stuff? What are we having for dinner? That type of thing. But I never think about sneaking and hiding and cheating and lying ever. And I feel like I spent all of my time doing that because I thought, how can I ever do all this stuff that they say that you have to do until I stopped hiding, cheating, sneaking and lying and thinking about food and being regretful that I had eaten food, planning to eat food, eating food, 
crying over eating. I mean, all that stuff took up a wicked lot of time. And when I stopped doing all that stuff, there was a ton of time that I had to fill up, you know, my, in my life. It reminded me of the first time I ever bought a pocketbook at a shoe store that's now, you know, shoe company, shoe factory, shoe company that's no longer in business, but they sold handbags. And when I was probably 13, I saw a handbag that I liked and I bought it and I didn't have anything to put in it. And I said to my sister, who was um, four years older than me, and then the girl at the sales counter said, I am never going to fill this up. And they both said, I don't think you have to worry about that. Like it will fill up by itself automatically. And of course that happened. And, um, you know, when I first you know, stopped eating compulsively and stopped thinking about eating compulsively and stopped thinking about all this stuff. I was like, holy moly, like I have all this time. What am I going to do with all this fantastic time, you know? And um, what I did was I did the same thing that I had always done, except that it was now productive time. And I never, I never had to have, had never have had to hurt myself with food since December 1st of 2017. And so just June 1st, I guess, will be my six, five and a half year um, mark. But, um, you know, so I go through the steps with my sponsor, who is not my friend, and I wouldn't pick her for a friend, and she's not that nice. I hope she's not on here. But, um, you know, she's, um, she was, but she was an excellent, excellent sponsor, and she knows the book inside out. And, you know, we never had a personal conversation um, you know, we never schmoozed about politics or movies or books or anything. I mean, I even asked her once that, you know, did you see this movie? No. Did you read this book? No. And she goes, I don't go to movies. I don't read books except for the big book. And I was like, oh, okay, it's up to you, you know, but, and, um, you know, I, you know, but she, she took me through the steps. She took me through the steps and she was no nonsense, which is exactly what I needed. And she, she, when I first started sponsoring, all I could do was read the notes that I took from when I was going through the steps myself. Today, I rarely refer to those notes. I mean, they're there, they've sort of become part of my brain. So I know them by heart because I've sponsored many people. But um, some of the things that she told me were that, um, um, you know, she put that she pointed out to me in the doctor's opinion, that this is of paramount importance. Paramount means higher than any other. She was the one that told me that the doctor himself had treated, you know, somewhere around between 50 and 75,000 patients in his 40 plus year career. And he, he determined that about 10% of them were the, of the hopeless variety. That's us, the H type, like blood type. I like the blood type because I know that other people can use other methods to try to get some sort of a uh, um, serene life, whether or not they're compulsive readers or not, they can go to pay in ways, they can read self-help books, they can do all those things. But just like I, I don't know anything about blood, but I could never take, say I'm an O positive or o ne whatever it is, you know, A negative or B negative, I could never take O positive blood, I could get sick or even die. And that really resonated with me. And, you know, I have to say that, you know, she was the one that made it okay for me to be an agnostic because I was like, oh my God, she's going to kick me out. She's going to dump me. And I, you know, I'm whispering, like I'm confessing to reading porn. Like, I don't think this is going to work for me. Why whispering in my bedroom upstairs with the door closed. And why not? Because I'm not sure I believe in God. She said, oh, well, you haven't had a spiritual awakening yet. So don't worry about it. That was news to me because I thought, you know, I thought I knew everything. And when I admitted that I didn't know everything, I was lying. You know, I really was. 
And now, you know, I really love not knowing anything. And, you know, all I did was I shut my mouth and I did everything that she told me to do, especially I listened. And I took a lot of, I, I took a lot of um, uh, notes, you know, in my book. And um, it became clear to me, you know, she told me to, she saved me. She saved me and the people saved me because what she told me to do was to call two people a day. And the old Nancy would have been calling Ian, for example, Ian, the doctor who's seeing patients or Ian, the lawyer who's in court or Ian, the cop who's chasing criminals or Ian, the investigator, you know, the executive who's in meetings, anybody but Ian who was available. And the new Nancy who wanted to get better didn't care who I called. I called people until I talked to people. And even to still today, I'm very OCD about that. Calls don't count if they're callbacks. Calls don't count if they're, um, unless they come out of my brain and I picked up the phone. I don't, I don't count, I'm very particular about that. And the reason I am is because if I for one minute think that I can skate on that, I might as well drive right over to Dunkin' Donuts and order a dozen of their best. And um, because I spent my life doing that, doing exactly that, I don't need anything with sugar under any circumstances. I don't need anything. Um, I don't have sugarless products in my life. Um, I don't do that because sooner or later, I'll think that that means that stuff with real sugar is sugarless and then I'll eat that. And then I'll, you know, and then I'll instantly turn into like a ravening beast, you know, like a, a mad dog. I will. I've done that. So, you know, finally, finally, nobody can ever say that Nancy P can't learn because I finally have learned that lesson, but I work really hard at remembering that lesson. And because I can't remember anything, that's why I have to talk to so many people, which brings me, you know, to the 12th step because, you know, the 12th step, I'm just going to get to page 59 or page 60, which is the only one that's on there. Wait a second. Sorry. I should have had this up there, but it's right here because I look at this so often. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. It's very common to read that step as having had a spiritual awakening as the result, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I disagree with that. I think that the spiritual awakening is the beginning and the rest of it is the jewel, right? Is the, is the, is the, the substance. Who cares about a spiritual awakening if we don't try to carry the message and practice the principles and help other people? I do not. I must be working with other people all the time. And before I recovered, what did I do? I called people. And, you know, I had a particular reason to call a lot of people because my precious girl, my daughter, was cutting and burning herself. And um, she was very sick. And she, you know, it was horrible. It was horrible for her, for sure. And it was horrible for me. And I frankly thought it was worse for me because I was so put upon. But, um, you know, I was getting called three times a week at work. I, she was in and out of the hospital. She was, you know, it's just a disaster. And um, she's fine now, by the way. She's a thriving young woman, just finished her junior year in college. Um, but what do I want a spiritual awakening for if I'm not going to help other people? The book says over and over and over again, that our whole reason is to be helpful to other people. Well, what do they expect me to do? Find their car keys? I mean, I don't help other people in that way. I, I am available to them so that they can come into my store. And the store is called Nancy P's Experience, Strength and Hope. And I sell one product, Nancy P's Experience, Strength and Hope. 
So I get a lot of calls, especially about agnosticism. I mean, I get a lot of calls in general, but I mean, I get a lot of calls in, about that are precious to me. One is about agnosticism and two is about um, children who self-harm. <laughs> you know, parents who call me with their kids who, who, who self-harm. And, and, you know, I, I give them the straight talk about that stuff. And, you know, I assure them that nobody's going to die, especially not them if they're agnostic, and that they can have a robust spiritual life and be joyous and free and light. And, and everything that I have, they can have. I tell everybody that because it's true. And, you know, the book says we have to help other people. So, you know, and the things in Bill's story that I love so much, page 15, two things where it says, you know, he was moaning and complaining because he couldn't get any work, but he soon found that work with a new person set him on his feet again it it worked when all else failed and my attitude about that is that if I wait for everything else to fail before I talk to somebody or help somebody or work with somebody or just whatever that I'm in way deeper trouble than I ever thought and the second thing is that they that he and his wife threw themselves into this new life it works even in rough going. I disagree with that too. It works especially in rough going. I know this for a fact that I lived with this actual body sitting in this chair. I did that. It worked in the roughest going because that summer of 2018, I came in and I went through the steps and my sponsor kicked me out of the nest immediately and said, okay, tomorrow we're done. Tomorrow morning, I want to hear you on the phone saying that you can sponsor. And my attitude was, whoa, 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 whoa. I have a way better idea. And she asked me what? And I said, I think we should do it again, like a, a cycle. And she laughed in my face the only other time, the only time that she ever did that and said, that's a terrible idea for me and for you. And the next day, somebody called me up and told me that my own sponsor had referred me as someone who was available. And I said, well, I guess I am. And that's how I started sponsoring. Not because I was so like, you know, la, 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 I'm ready to sponsor. I never felt like I was. But, um, but you know, I learned the steps by going through them with her and I practiced the steps by doing them, by reading them again and again and again and again. And um, how am I doing on time? Can someone tell me? I just want to make sure I don't go over. Um, you have six minutes left. Okay, thank you. Um, so, you know, they say there's no cure for this and I believe that, but I think two things. If one thing could cure me, it would be working with other people. That is, you know, and the other thing is I feel cured. Like I don't feel sick. I take two kinds of medication every day. I, I um, take statins for cholesterol and I take um, a really ugly sounding medicine, hydrochlorothiazide, scary. And I found out, by the way, that I had to take that the day that I called, that a day that I put the food down, my doctor said, you have high blood pressure, you have to be on this medicine. And I said, I burst into tears and she said, what's the matter? I said, my dad died in the shower and my mother had a stroke, you know, both related to blood pressure and heart disease. And I was convinced that I was going to walk out the door and collapse and die. And, and I was obese and I was miserable and it was awful. And, um, and I'm not any of those things now. And um, so I take two, two medicines twice a day. So I don't, I feel great. I exercise, I, you know, I go to the gym, I garden, I do all this stuff and I feel fine. I'm not at death's door. And I feel the same way about my recovery. You know, I feel cured because I'm never bothered by compulsive overeating. In fact, 
I would even say, go so far as to say, I'm going on a limb here, but you know, you guys are all my friends. So I'm going to say, um, I feel like even my feelings don't bother me anymore. And it's true. I'm still human. So I still get angry. I still get afraid. I still get sad. I still grieve. I still get jealous. My husband had the audacity to say, we're going to the UK. And he said, are you going to see some, one of my OA friends? And I said, well, I don't know. You know, we're not really going there. And she goes, well, we might go through there. And I said, oh, well, then maybe I'll call them up. And, you know, they had us over for lunch the last time we were there. I'll invite them to be our guests. And he said, well, I don't know. I might want to see someone that I went to university with. We're going to Cambridge and going, maybe going through Cambridge. I said, who is that? He goes, well, you don't know them. And I said, well, what's their name? What's his name? And he said, Valerie. And I said, is that a woman? He said, yes. And I said, I'm jealous. And how do you know? How do I know that she doesn't, has, doesn't have designs on you? And he laughed at me. He said, I haven't seen her in 20 years. Like they're both in their mid 60s. But I decided that I was jealous. And you know, and I really was for like a nanosecond. And then it turned into, you know, Nancy's big joke about that, because I think my husband's so awesome. And, um, you know, so I still, but that my feelings don't own me. I still get afraid, you know, but my feelings don't own me. And, you know, these people that I talked to that summer of 2018, I stayed on the phone and I didn't have so much as an extra grain of rice, not one bite. That's how come I know it works. You know, I'd call somebody up and I'd be on the phone 20 seconds or two minutes or 20 minutes or 40 minutes or whatever it was. I'd hang up the phone. I'd burst into tears and I'd cry. And then um, I'd make another phone call. And I, and I learned to love the phone. I learned to love working with other people and, you know, and sponsoring. And, you know, if anything could make me feel cured, it would be that. If anything could cure me, it would be that. And, um, you know, it's the gift that keeps on giving. I mean, this, my life is joy and light and buoyancy. I swear it on my daughter's life. It is true. And if anybody doubts it, do what it says in the book, every word, do what your sponsor says, everything. My sponsor could have told me to strip down and jiggle my junk in front of every house in the neighborhood. And I would have done it. I would have, I did not care. Finally, I didn't care what the, consequences, what people think. I don't care. I don't. And I have been given this life that is more precious than rubies. You know, I, I can't. Two minutes. Two minutes. The last thing that I'll say, I forgot to mention this is, you know, Ebby goes to see Bill. And I, when I go, when I read this with my sponsees, I say it three times, particularly was it imperative, particularly was it imperative, particularly was it imperative for me to work with others as he had worked with me. Particular means, I have it written in my book. I mean, we all sort of know what it means, but I'm going to tell you what the dictionary says. Um, to a higher degree than is usual. Imperative. Oh, um, and, and imperative means um, of vital importance, crucial. So of higher importance than usual and vital, of vital importance, vital and, and like that. Particularly was it imperative. And I cannot say it enough. If you're not working with someone, pick up the phone and say that you're available, post it in the chat. If you're not calling people, get on the phone. Just talking to people has saved me. It's like, it's like they're magnets and they have a magnetic force and they, they take whatever's toxic out of me. Just 
just by picking up the phone. It's the most amazing thing. And today, yes, I'm agnostic, but I'm also happy, joyous, and free. I help other people. I comprehend the word serenity and I know peace. I haven't hurt myself with food in five and a half years. And my life is light and joy. Check, 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 check. If I'm missing something, tell me what it is because I'm on top of it. And I, I practice this every day. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. All right. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, or star nine if you're on the phone, and the Zoom host uh, Zoom host will call the raised hands in order. That's not going to be Zoom host. That'll be me. I ask you to unmute when it's your turn. The timekeeper, please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up. The speaker has asked the question. Please allow three minutes for the answer. Uh, I see Meredith has her hand raised, so we will start with her. Go ahead. Hey, everybody. <clears throat> Meredith B., recovered compulsive overeater in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, thanks, Nancy. Um, you really have helped me so much um, with that. You're, you're just like so pointed and directed and like, never mind that, never mind this, do this. And you're, it sounds fearless to me. And I just think, well, okay, she did it. So I'm, I'm probably not going to die if I do it. And on the contrary, I've really been so helped. I mean, by you personally, um, and just by all the calls, doing all the calls, it's, uh, makes me so grateful. And well, wait a minute. It's a blessing from the pandemic that I am now exposed to all of you, um, instead of, just the same small, you know, group that I was with before, which they're wonderful people, but the, the breadth of experience that I get in these rooms is so awesome. And on, on phone calls, they're, they're surprising and, um, enlightening and encouraging and, um, Gosh, and also not to mention the the friendships. I don't know about that brand of sponsorship. I, I don't think that will work for me, but I'm glad to hear about it. There's something for everybody is what that tells me. So, all right, thanks. I'll pass. Thank you very much, Meredith. Maria M., you are up next. Hi, Nancy. It's Maria in Connecticut. Um, I just want to say thank you as someone who's coming back, you know, back to programs starting new in this way of working the steps and making all the phone calls. It means so much when someone's willing to take a phone call too and, and to share their experience, strength and hope. And so I want you to know, like, I so appreciate that. Um, and do we ask questions now or questions later or a question now? Okay. Um, I guess my question is, as be being an agnostic, like what was your higher power and how did you develop that relationship? 
Um, so, yeah. Um, so my sponsors, page 46 and 47, my sponsor said, you have to decide what you want God to be and what you want God to do for you. And I, I dislike the word God. And so I said, well, what, what do I want? What do I really want? And this, by the way, took like 10 minutes at the outside because I decided to answer the question in front of Rick and Sabrina Halloran's house. And I finished by the time I got to the stop sign at the end of the road. And, um, and I, I said, it's not what I want. It's what can I embrace? What will work for me? And I decided that I'm going to check everything that doesn't work for me. So I looked at everything that I ever thought about God, that I ever was near, read, wrote, thought, said, heard, was taught, everything, and checked it out the window. And I said, the first thing that I don't want is the word God. Second thing I don't want is no knees. I don't, I wasn't raised that way, and that doesn't make me feel connected to anything. So check them both. And then I thought about what, what could I embrace? And the first word that came to my mind was trust. And I went on from there. I mean, I could go on about this, but, you know, trust, compassion, kindness, friendliness, lovingness, generosity, honesty, patience, dependability. And just to make sure I have all the bases covered, I can change or amend it anytime I want without notice. And um, that was my concept. And then what did I want it to do for me? Make me into those things. I mean, you know, in the end, when I was really ready and really like was going to do it, it wasn't that hard and it didn't take that long, you know, but it was backed up with action, you know, because I'd say, yeah, I think I'll have nature be my higher power. Yeah, I like, I like whales and elephants and mountains, and, you know, and that was all bullshit. Sorry. But, you know, I mean, if you don't do anything, you know, we solve our problem on the spiritual as well as the altruistic plane, not the food or alcohol plane. So I can sit on the, on a mountaintop in the, in, in the lotus position chanting. And if I don't do anything, for a year, I could do that. If I don't do anything, I might as well get in my car and, and come off the mountain and get in my car and go over to Dunkin' Donuts. And I've done exactly that, metaphorically. Or I could be the busy church lady. And I did a lot of service over the years when I was not recovered, a lot. You know, I got venues. That's a hard service. I was literature coordinator. I helped coordinate conferences and marathons and, you know, all that. And, and you know, treasurer and all, you know, officer, you know, speaker, bookie, all key keeper. I did all those things, hoping that that would help. And, um, you know, I was useful, but a jerk. So, you know, I don't care what it is. I only care that it works. And, it, and you know, once I got my concept nailed down, no lady vicissitude has shaken it. And a vicissitude is something that makes something else shake, like an earthquake is a vicissitude. And, and so I could have an earthquake and it wouldn't be shaken. Yeah, but mostly... Mind. Yeah, mostly because um, of other people. Other people have made me into what I am. And I'm happy to talk offline if anybody wants to call me about anything. Awesome. Thank you both. Uh, Dana, you're up next. Hi, I'm Dana, uh, recovering compulsive overeater. Um, I really, Nancy P, I just wanted to say, I think you were one of the, oh, sorry, my dogs are barking. You were one of the first people I talked to. And I was, one of the things you kept saying to me was, you know, keep moving forward, keep moving forward. And I kind of have that in my head, had that in my head. And it was actually really helpful during the last few months when I was kind of 
not certain what that would look like or what that meant, but I kind of knew you were right. Um, so thank you so much for that. Um, and then in regards to um, the topic, um, I'm blown away by these outreach calls. I I mean, I, I've been doing them, but just lately, the more I get more comfortable and more open, I just kind of can't believe that this is actually really happening. Um, I just think this fellowship is kind of amazing. And the just somehow there's a synchronicity that you like today I called people and the answers were I didn't even know that's what I was looking for, but um the information or the insights that I was given were so incredibly helpful for exactly where I am right now. And as a newbie, you know, just starting out working the steps, you know, you don't, I don't feel that empowered to be able to serve, but um, I'm so appreciative of the the service component and and I'm very excited to be a, a, a full participant in it. But for now, I'm really enjoying just the love and warmth of this amazing fellowship. So thank you. I pass. Thank you very much, Dana. Uh, Jana, you are up next. Thank you. Hi, I'm Jana, compulsive overeater and bulimic. Sorry, I don't have my video on every time I turn it on. Everybody freezes, so sorry about that. Um, but I thank you, Nancy P, for giving of service and sharing your story, your insight. Um, I love this step too. And this step is always a hard reminder to me that it's never my job to try and convince anyone else that they are a compulsive eater or that they're even an addict, right? I All I have to do is share my story. Um, I can talk about what it was like, you know, the depths that my disease has taken me to numerous times, and it's up to them to identify in some way. That's all I have to do. Um, I also really love that step 12, I mean, it says, you know, this is the result, um, you know, having had a spiritual experience as the result of these steps. So I know that if I follow these steps as they're outlined, not as I want them to be outlined piecemeal, I will get this result. Maybe I'll get it sooner, maybe I'll get it later, but I will get this result. I have to follow it though, like a recipe. I can't mess around with the ingredients, the amounts, do them out of order. I have to follow this, the exact precise instructions for recovery. Um, yeah, that's all I wanted to share. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jenna. And L, you have the floor. Hi, my name is Ann and I am um, a compulsive overeater. Um, you know, I was um, terrified of, of thinking about step 12 and all the gravity of having a spiritual awakening. And um, I made the words real big, but you know what, once I got there, um, and started working with others, I found it's exactly what the person that was right in front of me, Janice said. It, I mean, it's all in the book. All I had to do was follow the recipe. And, um, and uh, you know, thank God, um, the people that had sponsored me kept saying, write in your book, write in your book. So I had all kinds of stuff written in my book all over the place. And um, and that's what I used. And um, 
when I started to do that and, and really make myself available. Um, and, you know, um, talk to a lot of people. I mean, there's so many people that you can talk to, um, unbelievable amount of people you can call. Um, and, um, you know, in reaching out to other people and listening to what they say, um, I find that, um, you know, my experience has broadened a lot and become um, more than I thought it would ever be. So um, it is that experience of talking to so many people all the time and um, and um, just finding the the um, the part of me that wants to stay connected to other people um, and and open my mind to new ideas and open my heart to to different ways to feel. Um, and once I do all those things, then um, then the answer's right there. And it it just it keeps working itself. And um, that's all I really have. Thank you. Thank you very much, Anne. Jim H, you're next. Hey everyone, Jim here. I'm a food addict. Great to be with you all. Thanks so much, Nancy. I love your direct approach and your energy. It really feeds me. So thank you. Um, I wanted to ask about what you said about uh, the steps being the fuel and abstinence, the exhaust. Uh, my sponsor had a similar method and it's been working for me. I guess I just, I'm curious, I don't know, like sometimes like addiction can be this habit that we've done for years and years and years. And I don't know if someone's still struggling with the compulsive overeating, but also very proactively and earnestly working the steps. Like, what do you do with a person like that? And I guess how much I feel like the spiritual solution is the way to go and has been my experience also i feel like it's kind of unrealistic to think that habits of years and years and years could just change completely in a month or two so just curious your insight on that so you know i hear a lot of times people will call me or i i hear them on the phone on the meetings and the zoom you know they'll they'll define themselves in terms, you know, they'll say day 30 or day one, back to day one. Like, I don't really believe in relapse anymore. I don't, I mean, I don't, I can believe whatever I want. You know, my husband is always confronting me on this, but he's an engineer. <laughs> um, anyways, you know, I don't believe in relapse anymore. I just believe that I'm walking on this road. And, and the only thing I got to worry about is if my feet are facing forward and if they're moving. And if, they, if I'm doing a Texas two-step or some sort of a cha-cha, then that's not what I want. And, you know, a very dear friend of mine picked up and has gained a lot of weight. And I, you know, I feel for her. I do. I don't, you know, I don't want anybody to ever feel that pain again. It's unlike any other. And, um, you know, I've had a root canal and I've had two children and I've had eye surgeries. And pain of overeating, of compulsive overeating is worse than any of those things. I think. And, um, you know, and I, I wanted to reassure her that she was going to be okay. But at the same time, 
I'm not going to co-sign any baloney that she wants to feed me. Luckily, she didn't. But I'm, I've got a super duper, excuse my French, bullshit detector, like a very, very sensitive. So because I've done it all myself. So I'm really aware of that. And, you know, I said to her, I said, you know, just because you picked up doesn't mean you're worthless. It means that you you stopped walking. And you can start walking anytime you want. And all of your experience still means something. And, you know, I couldn't, you know, I I was broken and trembling when I finally put the food down. I had been beaten into a state of reasonableness by the food itself. But, you know, there is no doubt that if we continue as we have been there, you know, there is no doubt that much good will result, but the surface of the problem would hardly be scratched. That's what it means in the doctor's opinion, or wherever it says that, like abstinence is not the goal, it's the beginning. Abstinence allows you to take the game board out of the closet and set it up. You don't even get to sit down at the table to play. All you do is, you know, set everything up. That allows you to work the steps. And the first 11 steps prepares me, prepared me to work step 12. And step 12 allows me to work the previous 11 steps. Um, it's a symbiotic relationship. And I, I just feel like abstinence gets is imbued with way more significance than it deserves. You know, it's a given. We have to put the food down. We can't get anywhere without it. My mother used to say you can't get anywhere without using garlic in, in all savory cooking. Okay, you know, but it's not like, that's not eating the food. That's not cooking the food. I mean, or, you know, you add it or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a thing that you need, but it's not the goal, I don't think. And the doctor's opinion says for the entire doctor's opinion the point the whole point of it is it's not about the food it's not about the food it's not about the food it's about the steps that's what i think awesome thank you both we are now going to pause uh, for unrecorded sharing zimos please stop